You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 119. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that, like, cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast. Dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Cassie, it's like all your favorite numbers. That's what I was getting ready to say. It's my favorite number. I love the number 19. So. Well, when we do another 100 podcast episodes, <laughs> it'll be 19 again. So what's been going on in the, well, not in the world. A lot's been going on in the world. What's been going on here since the last time we we host chatted? I feel like we need to keep notes. It's hard to remember sometimes. So much happens so fast. Uh, baby is walking now. That's new. Yeah, Little Lion's Walking. That is insane. Yeah. That is absolutely (laughs) insane. I don't even know what to... 11 months. 11 months. Like, I am... I don't... Yeah. I'm not really sure how to approach that. Wow. Well, it is pretty much the... She's going to be a little terror. She is not going to be a terror. She is going to be a curious, brilliant little person. Well, no, I mean, that's absolutely true. But I mean, she's going to rip everything apart. She already does. (laughs) Once she can walk. Yeah. She really likes to sort, which her version of sorting is finding whatever she can open and taking all of the contents out of it. Like we have a box of oatmeal and like the Quaker oatmeal with like the packets in it. And it's like the bulk size and she'll go through and take out all 52 packets of Quaker oatmeal. So it's going to be fun. So that's new. Naked Valentines from past partners and such, which was interesting. Are and you complaining? No, I am I am thankful. I am grateful. I am grateful for exes with boobs that send pictures. Like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know what I like. That's what I said. I said, she asked, she was like, is it okay if I send you frisky pictures? And I was like, yeah. And then sent boobs. Like, That is a sign of an ex who still actually really knows me. (laughs) Ex is strong. That's one of those interesting, like, I feel like, like, I don't know if it's a non-monogamy thing, a kink thing, a whatever thing, just a, but like, I don't know. I find that like whole ex distinction a lot of times is really, like, we only have truly, I think, two people that we've seriously dated And then no longer dated that like we haven't still been on like hangout, friendship, maybe play every once in a while terms with. So I don't know. X is Yeah, I mean, there's only one that I can think of that we're not on any level of like with, right? Like we have two that we don't really like that aren't like super, super friendly. But even one out of those two, we still like occasionally text and catch up and you do i haven't like, talked in a long time yeah. we're talking about the same person yeah but i mean not like bad not terms yeah bad terms i guess that's what i'm looking for is like we only really have one and i wouldn't even say bad terms we're just on like no terms <laughs> with that person but yeah no i mean i think it's an interesting 
distinction, but I think it's weird to be like that person that was once a partner, but is now a friend is a lot of words or that person who used to be my girlfriend who is now a friend. I don't know. I think, yeah. I mean, that's back to the labeling problem. It's also fuzzy. Like it's a friend, but like, I don't know, like at what point of like a friend who you also still play with, who also, I'm not saying this person specifically, it's more of a philosophical. I think that it comes down to uh, communication. Like how do you want that relationship defined and how do they want it defined? and how do they want it defined? Right. Because obviously like if you have someone who was a partner and they were like, I am your girlfriend, but then like, I'm no longer your girlfriend and you're still calling them a partner because you play with them once a month, that can get kind of weird. Like if, if partner is something that they mean as something else. Right. And this is why communication is really important and figuring out what it is that you are defining your relationships as and how you want your partners, regardless if that partner is a play partner or a romantic partner or like a primary partner, how you want that person to define the relationship that you currently have. The thing with that is like, oh, so just squirrel brain here, but uh, you were saying that and then you're like, that's just weird. And I was thinking about your whole Valentine's Day ran a few years ago about if you take somebody flowers at work, it's weird. But if like a guy named Bob walks him across a parking lot in a hat, it's cool. No, right? it's not cool. It's romantic. It's romantic. it's romantic when somebody brings flowers. But, yes. Cassie had this whole amazing rant a few years ago about how like weird it is that like if she takes flowers to somebody's work, it's creepy. But if she pays somebody named Bob to take flowers to the work, it's romantic. With a name tag that says like, Flowers by Bob. Yeah, and a hat. And a hat, yeah. But anyways, so speaking of Valentine's Day, I wanted again, and I told you this, I'm not just doing this because we're on the podcast, but to thank you again for the awesome note you left me. That was, like I said, like a definitely a present from somebody who knows me very well. Like, so Cassie left me. I didn't find it. It's on my mind because even though it's after Valentine's Day, I didn't find it till yesterday because of where she hit it. But... A, a Valentine's Day note that was like, what do you get a minimalist for Valentine's Day? Like something to keep in their heart and not another, I don't know, not in their house. Not in their house. Not in their house. <laughs> and it was like a list of, of things that you love about me. And I am still very touched. It was one of the best Valentine's Day presents I've ever gotten. It was a minimal list. A minimal hyphen list of reasons. <laughs> Why? That I you love you. Me. So that was amazing. Thank you for that again. You're welcome. I flattened it out. I'm going to like hang it up. I really See, now you're that. keeping it in your house though. It completely defeats <sighs> the purpose of the whole minimalist thing. I'm not telling you to get rid of it. I'm thinking. I mean. Just saying. It's a joke. So, the is my walls have very little on them. So. Your walls have nothing. You have one wall in this entire office that has something on it. And it's like a board for your to-dos and a vision board. And that's it. That's all you have. So, yeah. So I've got room in here. So yeah, just a bit, a bit of room. Anything else? No, I think that's really been the it's been big snowing. Stuff. Oh, can I give a shout out for Man Cub? Sure. Man Cub got accepted to the college of his choice, which is really awesome. 
and he like earned some scholarship stuff for academics. And I was pretty, I'm super proud of him. I was telling him this is the problem with like having coaches for parents, but I was like, you should be celebrating. Do you know how few people get to number one, only apply to one college and that'd be their choice college and get accepted. And then number two, get scholarships to that college. Like that is like, if you are not like celebrating that you are behind the curve on how amazing that is that you did that. Like, but again, that's the problem with having coaches for parents. <laughs> Versus just being like, congratulations, buddy. I what are the top him, three things that are great about that? Like, yeah, I told him, it's funny that you said that because I said after, because we were reading the the letter in regards to the scholarship thing over at my parents. And I was like, you really need to write like in your journal, because I've been <laughs> encouraging him to get a journal. I was like, You're, you need to write that as a celebration. And so it's just and kind a brag. of a, and and a, a brag. Yeah. Like this is something that you should be bragging about and you can reflect back I on know, it. I can just see you. our clients just sitting here right now shaking <laughs> their heads. Yes, we do it with our kid too. But you know, I talked a bit about the little lion on here and everything. And man cub, I feel like for a lot of people, man cub is still like our kid. 13 years I old. I mean, which he is our kid, but yeah. Yeah, he's also like going to college. Yeah. Um, but I think for a lot of folks, I talk to people because especially folks who are newer to us and have gone through the, the episodes and who are like, oh, your son's really cute. What is he like in eighth grade now? And I'm like, no, man cub is going into college. Man cub is not as much of a man cub as he <laughs> once was. So being able to like just give a little moment for him and, and celebrate him on here. Cause you know, it's like amazing that the little lion's walking. And at the same time, she's learning to walk. Our older son is applying to colleges, getting accepted and getting a scholarship. And he is an amazing human all on his own. Well, and this is back to celebrations. Cause in the meantime, all of our clients have been like celebrating all over the place this past week. So it's like here, there, everywhere. Like I, I was telling you, like coming into this lesson, I was like, Speaking of celebrations, it's been a pretty amazing week. Like, mm -hmm. we might need to celebrate more. Yeah, our clients, like just this week, we had, for some reason, a whole group of our clients all had like power issues and things like that. And all of them were talking about even with all that going on. Not the, not, and, and meanwhile, everybody on here is going, well, of course you're having power issues. The power's been out in Texas. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Like random, like people starting house fires and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Completely different, non-locational stuff, just uh, things like that. But we have clients all over the country. And one of the things that was like a major theme on our group call with our program, with our clients was folks talking about this being the best Valentine's Day that they've had in a very long time. Or ever. And that, yeah, or ever. And that they are working as a team and feeling great. And one of the big things that came out of that was how great it was that they have been able to celebrate and celebrating with their partners and things like that. Maybe we all need a little bit more celebration in our lives. I think so. But with that, lest we keep you all too long, I'm also excited that like we have like two friends now who are vaccinated. So yay. Also great. Anyways, but lest we keep you too long, I'm pretty happy about that. The little lion's actually gonna have somebody at her birthday party. <laughs> Besides your parents, that's pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. But yeah, good week. Good week, good month. Good year. Good. I can't complain, man. It's... So anyways, let's kind of hop into today's topic because otherwise I will kind of squirrel this up all day. I just tell Cassie, I'm in like a very squirrel, like squirrel here, squirrel there. 
space at the moment. But we wanted to hop into the topic for today. This is is something we, we talked about, we've been talking about among ourselves a lot here recently, that we think is really important to people. We definitely see a lot of themes in our conversations with people when they're on their journey to building incredible relationships, right? And they're trying to make that happen. And there, there's definitely certain places that we see people kind of consistently get stuck or or things that consistently stand in people's way. And Cass and I have been talking about this one that we're doing today for a while now. And we had really just wanted to take some time and, and dive deep into it. So this is going to be really relationship helpful for you. And without further ado, let's kind of hop into today's main topic. And we're talking about, it's not about jealousy. Right. Hello. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. Happy. Wow. It is Thursday. It's after hump day already, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's after hump day. Yes. I don't think there's a name for it. Yeah. I, think I was thinking specific. about it and I'm like, yep, that, that's after hump day. That's all I got. Hump day is pretty specific. It is. It is pre-Friday, maybe. It's almost Friday. I don't know. Is it something to do with football? I mean, no, that would be Purple Friday because I'm a Ravens fan. So every Friday is Purple Friday. Every Friday is Purple Friday. But with that, what I want to know for you is right now, when you're looking at your relationship, right, or your relationships, what is the one thing that is stopping you from having just those thriving, loving, amazing relationships that you want, that you dream about. What is the one thing that's standing in your way right now? What do you think is that one thing that's stopping you? Okay, so I know a lot of you have seen or heard of the training that we've done on the five principles that it takes to build a thriving polyamorous relationship. And we've done that training a few times. And I know that there's sometimes there's people who they haven't been able to make like the, the dates or the times that are available. We did take that training and put it into a video that you can get 24 hour access to. So it's not as quite as time limited in terms of having to be there at an exact moment and then you can't make it and you miss it. So I will, when we're done, post the link to that in the description and you can go ahead and hop in. You should definitely take a look at that if it's something you haven't been able to see before because you couldn't make the time that it was going. All right. So I had asked you what the one problem is that's keeping you from having those loving, thriving relationships right now. Right. And if you're like most people, there's a lot of things that may have come to mind as to what that thing is for you. You know, maybe it's that you and your partner are just like having these heated arguments and it seems like you're never getting anywhere and it feels like it's eating up all of your time. Maybe you feel disconnected or like you're not in love anymore or maybe you're you just can't get on the same page. We just can't get on the same page or we just don't have that spark. There's a lot of these like we just don't have this thing anymore. Right. Or maybe it's jealousy, like we had in the subject line here. Maybe it's jealousy. Maybe your partner's going out and they're out with another partner. They're even just talking about going out with another partner. And you're just like feeling that that contraction inside and that worry, right? And that upsetness and the hurt and wondering, maybe you're comparing yourself. Maybe you're wondering, oh, is this 
uh, is this other person better than me? Are they going to fall for this other person? Like, am I going to wind up fitting into their life? How's this going to look? Is this really secure? Do we really have a future? Maybe it's something else. Everybody has that one thing that they think is what is really standing in the way of having those amazing, thriving relationships. But most likely you're wrong. There's something else that is underneath it all, right? There's something else there, not just this one thing. And you notice we didn't actually ask what, I mean, we did ask what your answer was, but the truth is it doesn't matter because as Cassie was just saying, 99% sure that no matter what your answer was, right? It's not the real answer. There's something else underneath. And this isn't something to feel bad about. Like it isn't something you need to feel bad about. Like if you think it's jealousy, but there's something underneath. If you think it's arguing, that's fine. The truth is, like I said, like 99% of people get this wrong and including experts and therapists and people who help people with relationships. We get in this thing where we see the problem, have this problem with jealousy, we have this problem arguing and people jump on and, and try and address that and try and solve that. And maybe whatever that one problem is for you, you've tried to solve it. Maybe you've worked with your partner. Maybe you've worked with a professional, whatever. Maybe you've tried to solve that problem. The problem is though, with that, the challenge is that's not really what's going on. What's missing here when you're talking about this one thing is a truth that we've kind of named relationship composition. We're gonna talk more about what that is in a second, but this idea, this principle of relationship composition is really important because here's what happens when you get this wrong. Yeah, you try to address the surface problem, the one that you're noticing, the first thing that comes up, right? You're, you're trying to tackle that. And the honest thing with this is that really getting to the root of it all and fixing things is a lot more harder than that. Right, because when you're just going at that surface problem, what winds up happening is two things. Number one, it turns out to be really hard to fix that problem. So maybe you're in a spot where your one thing is we're arguing and we need to stop or we've fallen out of love and you've been trying to fix that problem for a long time and you're making very little progress. Well, a big part of the reason for that is probably that if you're not understanding relationship composition and you're working to solve that one problem, solving that one problem is much, much harder than it needs to be and than it would be otherwise, right? Than if you were working with relationship composition. The other piece of that too, though, is that when you don't understand relationship composition and you're focusing on this one thing, that's kind of at the forefront. What happens is that even if you do solve that and you do make progress on that, you'll notice that you get to the end of it, right? You make the progress and things don't really feel that much better. Your relationship doesn't seem that much better. You haven't gotten to that spot that you want to be. Maybe you stopped arguing, but yeah, now, you, now, now you're feeling disconnected right? Whatever it is, you're not at your full potential. And eventually, a lot of times what happens is then we backslide because we did all this work. We changed the way that we're doing things. We feel like we solved this thing. We still don't have the relationship we want. Why keep putting in the effort to maintaining whatever that was that we fixed? And so we backslide. So you get this pattern of things being really hard, taking a really long time to fix. And, and then when you do fix them, it doesn't feel good. So you backslide. And this is a cycle that people get stuck in. 
And this is what happens when you don't get this relationship composition thing. So it's a really important concept. So we wanted to dive into it. You want to talk about what the kind of false Mis belief yeah, is the and misconception is yeah. that leads to this? Well, first off, it's this idea that like our problems exist in isolation, which they don't, right? It's not like, oh, I just have jealousy and there's nothing else. It's this idea that either it's just this thing or it's just that, or our relationship is really great. We just don't do blank or don't have this. I see this all the time in Facebook groups where it's like, our relationship is really good. We just, our communication's a little off and we need to fix that. Or our relationship is really good. We just don't feel in love anymore, right? So it's this idea that there's like this one thing and then suddenly poof, everything's gonna be off. That, that in love one has a lot of code language around it. Like we're really good life partners. We're really good house partners. We're really, oh, what was the good one? Good nesting partners. We're really, it. yeah. No, I heard something else the other day and I'm, I'm trying to, we're really good parents. We're really good co-parents, right? We run a house really well together. That's it. And and like Cass says, like we have this belief that really there's just this one thing. And if we could just fix this one thing, that would be it. And usually, yeah, it, it shows up in language. Like if you find yourself saying like, oh, it's just. Oh, it's just the arguing. Oh, it's just jealousy. Oh, it's just the communication. It's just the connections. Or like our relationship is pretty good. It's just right. Like, oh, our relationship's pretty good. We just feel like roommates. Our relationship's pretty good. I just can't eat because of the jealousy, right? And there's this thought in our minds and this belief, it, it's more than a thought, right? It's really truly what we believe that if we can just fix this one thing, that's gonna be it, right? Our relationship's gonna be sunshines and unicorns and everything that we dreamed about when we got together. And a lot of times, everything that it used to be, everything that it used to be and everything that we've hoped for it for the future. That's the other point I was going to say is it's not just what it used to be, but like it'll be everything that we really aspire to be going forward. Right. And we hold on to this and we hold on to this. And then we wonder like, why the hell is it so hard to get there? It's just this one thing. Why can't we fix it? And a lot of times, by the way, that leads to like a feeling that something's wrong with us or wrong with our partner. Like, why can't we just fix this one thing? What's wrong with us? Right? You get that kind of thing going on. And it leads to a lot of hopelessness because the problem is that while you're trying to fix that one thing, the other things aren't getting better. And you start looking at your relationship going, well, we, we're never going to make this work. We're never going to be able to fix this. We're never going to be able to grow in the direction that I want to. So it's like this weird... It's like this weird mix of, oh, it's just this, but also like powerlessness to change it, right? Which is not a great place to be. So that's the false belief that we have. It's that it's just one thing. There's just one thing here. And if we can just fix that one thing, we're going to get to our dream relationships. So here's the truth. This is what you need to understand. And this is what I can tell you, we can tell you based on a ton of experience helping people who thought they just had one thing and had been stuck there for forever, finally get their relationships to where they wanted. None of the challenges in our relationship, really nothing in our relationships exist in a vacuum. 
And this is where this idea, this concept, this principle, whatever you want to call it, of relationship composition comes into play. Because what we're really talking about when we're talking about the composition of our relationships is looking at our relationships as a system, as a whole, which is really how they operate, right? They don't operate as we scream at each other every day, but our relationships are fucking fantastic other than that. Our relationships operate as a system, this whole. And sometimes that's easy to realize. And even when it's not, like even on the smaller things, the truth is that the patterns and interactions that go on in our relationships, like those things are interconnected at a level that most of us just, we don't realize and we don't separate out in our minds, right? That's why we're able to have this conversation of one thing, one thing, one thing. And the truth is that when we think we have just one thing going on in our relationships, just one challenge, just one problem, just one thing that's great, doesn't matter because it's all interconnected. There's always more going on beneath the surface. And again, that's something that most of us don't realize or at least really understand. Like we may, it may be one of those like, things that mentally we're hearing, we're like, oh yeah, that makes, but it's, it's not something that we really understand. But when you really stop and really think about it and don't just take it at face value, it's, it'll click for you because it's kind of common sense. It's stuff that we all know. It's stuff that we can all see in our lives. So I wanted to just give some examples of like where people think things are one thing and they're not. You want to dive into that? Sure. Should I start with jealousy? Jealousy is one of the the quintessential examples, so sure. Yeah, so like we'll have folks who we talk to and they're like, the one problem is jealousy. But when we take a look, it's actually they haven't made good agreements, right? And they haven't made good agreements because they don't have good communication. They don't have good communication because they've been arguing for so long because their needs aren't getting met and they're feeling lonely. And I could go on and on. So it's not just, oh, I, I, I have some insecurities and I'm jealous. There's all these other things too. There's the reasons why you're insecure or maybe there's other things going on, like you not getting time that you need or not being able to come to conversations to negotiate what you need, right? There, there's all these other things that are going on aside for, well, I just have some yucky feelings. Yeah, I've got to ask you this question because really at the root of jealousy, 90 some percent of the time lies insecurity, right? It lies in, in a fear of being replaced in some fashion or partner's life or losing things that we need. And I've got to ask you, like, just really think about this for a second. If you're feeling insecure, do you think that you're just feeling insecure or do you think that there's probably places in the relationship that are in some way feeding into that. A big one is connection, right? Like if we're not feeling as connected as we'd like and our partner is head over heels in love for somebody, guess what? We're gonna, it's gonna cause us feeling jealous, but also our connection isn't where we want. We can't have conversations and so we know that we're not able to talk and get our needs met or we know that when stuff comes up, we're not able to hash it. And now, okay, so we don't feel secure because our partner's gonna go out with this person and we have stuff that isn't hashed out or we know that we're not gonna be able to handle stuff when it comes up, right? And then just to continue the cycle in another way, so now we're jealous, so now what happens? Well, now we get into an argument, right? Something sets us off. We get into an argument about our partner going out with somebody. 
Well, now we argued. So now we're kind of pissed off. So we're not going to spend time together. We're going to miss date night. Well, now we're not feeling as connected. But our partner's super connected with this person. So now we're more jealous. Like it, this is all, it, it's all this, like I said, it, it's the composition. It's the composition of what our entire relationship looks like. And this is always the case. Let's take connection. Connection is another really easy one. We're not feeling connected. Well, why aren't we feeling connected? Sometimes we're not feeling connected because we're not secure in the relationship. Like if we're in a spot where we don't know exactly where this relationship is going because we have stuff there that hasn't been sorted out or you know, things like that, it's hard to feel connected. Or if we're, our agreements around time aren't great or if we don't know how to talk to our partner to get what we want and we're not getting our needs met, we're not gonna feel that connected. Or we've been arguing and I'm hurting. I don't. Or if we've been it. arguing because <laughs> our communication is on point, or we're not going to feel connected, right? And we don't feel connected, and we're just feeling like we're kind of existing here. We're not going to have as much grace with our partner the next time a conversation comes up. And now we argue more. We're going to argue, <laughs> right? And even I, I wanted to even take this a step further, though. Even down, I'm going to take this even to opening up a relationship that has been closed for years. Don't get me wrong, that's a hard thing. And I just wanna make it really clear. It's not that none of these things are problems. It's not that if you think arguing is your one thing, you don't need to fix the arguing or communication, or, you know, connections are one thing, you don't need to fix the connection, same for jealousy. So opening up a relationship definitely has its own challenges itself. But at the same time, there's always other challenges going on beneath the surface. It's not everything's fantastic. We're just opening up our relationship. I mean, I think this honestly in some ways is more so than some of these other ones that we've talked about, but even here, right? Why aren't we comfortable with opening up? Well, usually because there's some jealousy. We're not comfortable with opening up because we know we don't have the communication tools in place because we don't have the communication. We're not gonna be able to handle challenges because we don't have the communication. We don't have agreements because we don't have agreements. We don't feel secure, right? Because we have these things going on. We're getting into it and all our time is being consumed by trying to sort out non-monogamy. Now we're not feeling as connected. Now we're more... You see where we're going with this, right? And honestly, I could do this all day and we're not going to because I'm thinking that by now you've gotten the point, which is it isn't about one problem. Yes, granted, if you have a problem that is that one problem for you, that may be the biggest problem. Probably is because it's the most in your face. Like. If, if you're yelling and screaming at each other every day and you'd say arguing is your one thing, yeah, that, that probably is one of the biggest challenges you have going on right now. Or if you're somebody who's like sitting in your bathroom sobbing every time your partner goes to go see their other partner, jealousy might be that big thing. Like obviously the thing that you are experiencing the deepest or that you're seeing most often might be your big thing. It's just not the only thing. It's not the only thing. and. Here's the problem, and this is why this is so important to understand. Because if you're trying to approach just that one big in your face, obvious thing, and you're not taking the rest of your relationship composition into account and the rest of what's going on, really what you're doing at the end of the day, you're attacking the problem on the surface. You're, you're, you're leaving the rest of the stuff alone. And when you do that, you're setting yourself up for failure, right? And again, because you're setting yourself up for failure, because you're not addressing everything that's feeding into this or everything this is causing, 
This is why you run into those challenges we talked about earlier. This is why, oh, it's just the connection. And now we've been, we've been feeling more like roommates and partners for the last like three years. And we can't figure out why we just can't get past that one problem. This is why you wind up in a spot where it's, oh, it's just the jealousy. And now that situation that was making you feel jealous is off the table and your relationship isn't where you wanted to make, you thought it would be, you, you know, you thought it was just jealousy and maybe your partner's dating someone and you're feeling jealous and then now they're not and that, that thing's removed and, but your relationship doesn't go back to the way it was before. Why is that? It's because again, when you don't look at your relationship as a, as a system, as a whole, you just try and think that you have all these little individual pieces in isolation that aren't interacting with each other at all. Well, you're setting yourself up to fail. And that's why, again, stuff winds up being much harder, taking much longer. And it's why even when you get there, it doesn't feel good. And you throw your hands in the air. You're like, why did we even go through this? And you backslide or you wonder if you're even meant to, to be here together. Right. But this is what is fantastic is that when you recognize this, when you recognize that it's about the composition of your relationships as a whole. And it's not just about one individual problem that you have to approach those things in tandem. You have to approach them together. All of a sudden problems that may have eluded you for years in terms of solving them, right? Maybe that you've sought professional help to solve and you've gone and like spent a year trying to work on your communication or three years trying to work on your connection. All of a sudden those problems that were unsolvable, that seemed unsolvable, right? They become solvable at that point. Yeah. And the change that you're looking for in your relationship ends up happening faster than you even thought was possible because you're improving the relationship as a whole, right? The whole thing versus all of these little pieces, which help you create like this positive inertia. Do you want to Talk about that a little tiny bit. I will, yeah, but I just, what I want you to understand, right, just at the root with this is that, and it may seem counterintuitive. It probably does seem counterintuitive to say, oh, if you, you know, if you don't just focus on one thing, it makes things easier and faster, but it does. And I'll go back to jealousy as, as an example again, because that's where we started. I can spend two years trying to work somebody past these feelings of jealousy and anxiety and insecurity that they have around their partner and get them to a point where they're able to cope with that, right? And where they can deal with that internally and they can deal with that rough stuff. Or I can get them to a point where their connection with their partner is amazing, right? So they're not like seeing their partner amazingly connected with somebody else while they're over here, like, feeling like they're they're just there to raise the kids. And I can help them get their communication square so that they know they're gonna be able to handle stuff that comes up and get their agreements in place so that they know that their relationship is solid and that's going to be remain where they want it as they go forward. And then all of a sudden, guess how much easier it becomes to deal with those feelings of jealousy? Because yeah, they still have to be dealt with, but now we've taken all that other contributing stuff out of the way. And the same goes for anything else that we just talked about here. So it may seem counterintuitive, but I can promise you and tell you from 
experience after experience with people who have been stuck in one issue for a very long time and not able to overcome it, even with professional help, that when you focus on the relationship as a system and improving the entire thing, the problems become easier to solve. And they become easier to solve both because, yeah, you're taking the contributing stuff out of the way and you're breaking those cycles, which is really what we're talking about here is cycles and patterns, the cycles and patterns of our relationship that we get stuck in, right? But along with that, when you work on the relationship as a whole, you're creating this positive inertia. And I'm not gonna go too deep into this because this is something we've talked about in detail before, right? But it's this idea that as you're able to make your relationships better and you're able to see and feel those relationships getting better, right? Because you're not just focusing on this one little thing, but you're improving your relationships as a whole, that as you're able every day to see your relationships better, you're able to feel more connected, you're able to have better conversations, you're able to be more in love, you're able to have more passion, that maintaining that upward inertia, that upward improvement in the relationship gets easier and easier and easier. Right. And if you're interested in this concept of relationship inertia, I have, we have a whole video somewhere that we'll link to on it. I'll, I'll put it in the description here when we're done for this. But again, what I really want you to take away at this moment is even if you have an issue, two things. Number one, if you feel like you just have this one thing and you're saying to yourself, oh, it's just, I, there's just this one problem that's keeping us, you really need to look at what else is going on and look at your relationships as a system as a whole and look at the composition of your relationships if you want to build the relationships that you want, right? And the other piece that I want you to take away is again, even if you have a problem that you've been struggling with for a long time and maybe you've even gotten help when you haven't gotten where you wanted to, doesn't mean that it's hopeless, but you need to address it as a whole with the other things that are going on in the relationship if you want to really see that progress, that transformation that you're looking for. You need to find somebody who approaches things that way. Like if you've noticed that you have tried to tackle this thing before and the way that you've been tackling it is this one thing, is you need to find someone who knows how to approach the problems as your relationship is a system, this whole thing that's playing into each other. Right. So here's what I would say to you. If you're in that spot where you have a place that you feel like you've been stuck for a really long time and you can't figure out why you can't get past this one thing that's in your way, or even if you're listening to this talk and you're like, huh, I've been telling myself for a long time we have this one thing, but I can see that doesn't, it's not really how relationships work. And I'm wondering what else is here that needs to change. Go ahead, book a call with us, hop on with Cassie or I, we can hop through and talk through it and really sort through like what is going on. You know, this is, these conversations are where this stuff comes up, right? Uh, you can just go to atouchofflavor.com forward slash talk. I'll pop it up here, right? And we can definitely chat through and figure that out. But this is just really important, right? This idea of this composition, because one thing that we really want for all of you is we're here to, to educate and help people build better relationships. Right. And, and part of what that means and how we do that is to take these things that we kind of do by default when we're not thinking about it. Right. And we don't have the, the experience with it and the training with it. These things that they seem like common sense. Right. Or maybe even that other people have told us that don't work. And to bring that to you and to show you that. Because too often we walk around with like these blinders on of 
very much operating our relationships by default and by the way that we've grown up with them, right? And by the things maybe that we've read or that, that people here or there have told us. And we don't really stop to think, to challenge the information that we've gotten, right? And to figure out how this stuff really works, right? How the relationship, what, what are the principles here that I'm a big systems guy, right? Taking it off really, like, like this specific kind of composition for a minute. I'm a big systems guy. And it, so often we don't like really stop and examine the information that we've gotten and go, does this really work? Does this really make sense? Does this really serving me? And so part of helping folks with that is when we see these things that again, seem like common sense that we all kind of operate in with as default that they just don't work is to bring that to you, right? And this is definitely one of those things that we all kind of operate on just as the norm, but that doesn't work, isn't how things work. It's pretty obvious it isn't how things work when you give it a little bit of thought and it doesn't serve us. Right. So I really just would challenge you going forward to think of your relationships as a whole, right? To think of the composition of what does your relationship as a whole look like, right? And always be focused on improving that. Along with that, to when you feel like there is one thing to recognize that there's a lot more at play because when you do that, you are already a step closer to solving that problem, to having those thriving relationships, to really getting back to that place that you were and having that relationship and that future together that you wanted than the person who just is like, oh, it's just jealousy. It's just connection. You're already ahead. So take that to heart. And if you, again, you want to take it even further, Go ahead, go to touchflare.com forward slash talk, hop on with one of us and let's chat and figure out what it is that's going on beneath the service and what needs to change to get you to those loving, thriving, secure, passionate, fun relationships that you're looking for. Anything else you want to throw in, Cassie? No, I think that wraps up our little chat for today. All right. Like I said, go ahead, touchflare.com forward slash talk. I'll go ahead and post the resources as far as, like I said, that link to that pass so you can watch that training, even if in the past you haven't been able to make it. And also I'll link to the thing about relationship inertia. Check stuff out. Keep building better relationships. We're here for you. You all are awesome. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at atouchofflavor.com slash ask. Or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1.